0: Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here are your hosts, Cordell Riley and Evan Hackle.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Training Unleashed. Thanks for coming back. I know everybody's busy at this time of year. Uh, This show is going to be a little different for us. It's one that I'm really excited about. Got my business partner here with me as well. Evan, I know you're excited about this. And how are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing fantastic. And I think it's going to be the the most fun I've had doing the show. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: I agree with you, Evan. I know one of the reasons it's going to be fun for me, and you're probably thinking the same way too, is we have a lot of our friends and colleagues here with us. We have Crystal Ramey, who leads up our L&D group. We have Dan Black, who leads up our learning strategy group. And we have Lee, who leads up our technology group. So with all of our friends, this is going to have to be a great show. So as we were thinking about this one, you know, one of the things that we thought we like to do, obviously, L&D, learning development space, is a space that we all occupy and love passionately. But typically at this time of year, you know, people are starting to think ahead about what do they want to accomplish personally, professionally in their business. And we thought we'd maybe spend a few minutes kind of thinking about some of the things in the L&D space that we're kind of seeing out there and share some tips. You guys all on board with doing this?
3: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: You cool with me maybe starting out with uh, one that I've been thinking about?
3: Sure. All right. Go ahead.
1: You know, so one, and this one is probably my passion when I think about training, learning development, you know, and all of those great things. And this is one that, you know, even though it's a trend, it probably should not have been a trend, but it is, and I think it's really a great one. And that is aligning training with business goals, you know, not just doing training for the sake of training, checking the box, and Don't get me wrong. I certainly know that there are compliance things out there that have to be done, but really thinking strategically about what is it that I'm trying to do inside of my organization and how can training have an impact if it can have an impact? Because we all know that training is not always the answer, but you know, thinking about what can it do to help me move forward? And as I was thinking about this, you know, I kind of see two sides to the equation. So I'll talk to the presidents, the owners, the CEOs of businesses, of corporations out there. And as you're thinking about this, you know, think about how you make training part of your culture. You know, is it part of your mission statement, your, your vision statement, about how you're going to get to that next level? Does training have a seat at the table? You know, so you've got all of your VPs of marketing, VPs of ops, and all of those things. There's training there. Think about training that way. My VPs of training, my directors of training, people on that side, Think about yourself as a business consultant, so you're part of your organization, but what is your organization trying to do? What's the business plan? What are the key metrics that they're trying to move? And how can training have an impact? Go out and read your annual quarterly report. Look for trends that you're seeing inside of your business. Can training have an impact there? So think about being that consultant. Also, start with the end in mind. You You know what you're trying to do. How can you align training with those business goals? And the last one I'll leave you on, that on this one is level one, two, three, or four. We all know about those. Think about that level four. That's probably the toughest one to get to. How do you measure that return on investment? Did the training really do what you're thinking about? I know i said a lot there. Again, this wasn't the one I can be passionate about, guys. So thanks for allowing me to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. But, uh, you know, aligning training with business goals, I think, is so important. Who wants to go next and share something they've been thinking about?
4: Cordell, I think you're right on point with that. Um, Aligning the training with the business goals and making sure that you have the desired results in mind. Um, And so my kind of trend that I'm seeing it and I'm happy to see it just with my experience, um, you know, just across different industries is this focus on who the learner is before you start to focus on uh, what the result is that you're trying to accomplish and and align that with strategic business objectives. And so it's this uh, tendency to move more towards a design thinking type of approach to developing your learning solutions, your learning interactions, and how you're putting those things out there. Now, this type of design thinking has been in the product innovation space for years. If people look, think about companies like IDEO. Um, who've been around for 40 years and designing things like our coffee cups and our mouses and and all of those things that are really based around human-centered design. You know, how is this uh, Internet-enabled thing going to interact with an individual? You know, and that's bled over into the marketing space in the early 90s, and and now it's here in the training space. Um, And I wouldn't say it's terribly new in the training space, but it is new as a massive push in the training space, uh, where we have this learner-centered design thinking, who is that learner, what's the behavior that you're trying to see change, and then how is that change going to drive results. Um, as far as the strategy component of things, you know, rather than a few folks sitting in a room trying to decide what their audience needs to know, uh, almost creating a, a framework in a vacuum. Uh, now there's a trend towards you know, getting the people who are the actual targets of the information in the room and extracting from them what they need to know uh, and, and diversity of perspective. So all of those tools and techniques that you've seen used in other spaces uh, as it relates to design thinking are now starting to be used more commonly in our space uh, around that. I think I even saw a design thinking class at one of the local colleges uh, for a business development perspective as it relates to learning and in 20 years I've I've never seen something like that so happy to see that trend and and I hope it continues forward because what I feel uh, is that when organizations focus on who their learner is and then what the result that they want it to be uh, they can really really sort of achieve great things and develop something that has a massive impact
0: Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net.
1: And great points. And,
0: you know, I think you, you,
1: well, you and I have known each other for quite some time, but I'll share this with the rest of our audience here. So I stumbled into training back in 1999. I did not study training in school. So, hey, Cordell, you're good at this. I so want you to go out and be the trainer. So I stumbled into it. And I used to just go out and start building things. To hear you talk about that who and that process of getting the people in the room that you're going to build, it is very powerful. So I've obviously witnessed it in the last four or five years that we've been working together it is a game changer. It is powerful. So I can't imagine now really just jumping in and start building things without that, knowing who and that diversity of perspective. So it's a great thing to bring up, Dan.
3: And that's why we like to use the analogy in the development process of, you know, building a house. Are you going to go out and just start building your house without having a vision of what you want that house to be? No, you're going to start formulating ideas. You're going to then, once those ideas have some coagulation to them, then you're going to hire an architect and that person's going to map out a blueprint. Make sure you don't get the, the wiring cross with the plumbing. That could be shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give that one to
2: Dan.
1: That's
3: all Dan right there. Um, but, and then you build the house. So learning experiences is the same Thing. you don't just build it how do you know it's even going to link to the end result or connect with the learner if you haven't done the necessary steps up front so I, I i love this conversation
1: yeah great point crystal great add-on great add-on lee what about you my friend yeah i definitely agree cordo you know when you have the business goals and the training aligned um, you're empowered at that point to, to create metrics around those things that uh you know, you can you have your host of analytics and reporting that you can use to to measure progress against those and make data dri- driven decisions, right? That people can be comfortable with because you know when you're based on data, you're backed up. Um, then those decisions can themselves be fed back through that process as you develop new goals and align training with those.
3: I think what's important also is. You know, as a learning organization, it's important not to forget about how your learning experiences are going to integrate with your learning technology. That's the most critical piece. That is the venue that allows the learner access to those components. So if you don't think about that end at all, in also in that you have your business results, but if the learners can't get to it, then it's all for naught. So. Having that tight integration with your, your you know strategists all the way through to your technologists in learning is super important
2: Great cool. well, I'll, I'll throw in sort of the big trend that I think is happening and that is uh, the ability with technology to create training plans for individual people. So I, and, you know in the past it was sort of one size fits all. You know, particularly because training was dominated you know, by live training. Now we have e-learning, which you know, obviously blended training, we're all big blended people, which we should be. But the idea that you create individual training plans for individual people um, and that you're looking at the individual as opposed to just simply looking at the massive group. And to me, this is a very positive, positive trend because then people are taking their time doing the things that are right for them and not wasting their time doing things that they already know. And that's making training more effective, and it's also making people more interested in training because what they're doing in training they see value in as opposed to feeling like it's rope or repetitive. And I and think that's a
4: great point, making the training relevant. I think there's another trend that we all know about, but we probably want to maintain the positive spin, but I'm still going to say it. It's... Um, A dangerous trend and that's the trend to focus on you know the shiny new button or to uh, you know just perpetuate myths in the learning and development space as it relates to humans I know Crystal I see you smiling down there because you know you and I talk about this constantly Um, and, and not to pick on micro learning as a very effective tool in certain spaces Uh, But sometimes people see something like micro-learning and they go, everything needs to be micro-learning. This is how millennials learn.
2: Dan, you've got to add add virtual reality learning, too.
4: Well, yeah, all of them are are tools uh, to go back to Crystal's analogy of of building a house, right? Um, You can't just say, well, I'm going to build my entire house out of plastic. I'm going to build my entire house out of wood because, uh, you know, it's the newest, greatest thing. I I mean, we were all sharing a a study done by Harvard Business School where they they showed that when you're just using one technique, you are not going to get the impact. And unfortunately, um, you're going to waste a lot of money without a lot of results in order to have that impact you. You need to go back to that first statement uh, that we're all talking about, and that's who that learner is and what are going to be the best tools. I mean, I know Lee and his team develop all the different types of technologies to get information out to the learner.
0: We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortle.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortle.net.
1: Dan, you said that was going to be, I mean, I don't think that was negative. I think that was sound advice and what I hope people heard from that. And certainly what I hear every time we talk internally is that we're proponents of all of these things when they're used in the right context. What are you trying to do? And can, you know, micro learning or whatever this shiny new penny might be, can it give that desired impact? So I think it's sound advice that people should be hearing. Don't just, because something comes out, don't just run to it and say, okay, we got to do it, we got to do it. Does it really have the impact that it's going to need? And that's, is this the way my who learns, my audience? Who, I did the who, Sally who, there we go. Where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is this where they learn all those great things, uh, but must nice sage advice. Crystal, I know you're chomping at the best talk on this. I know this is your one of your passions.
3: Well, I think it loops back into what you said, opening our conversation, Cordell, about, you know, do you have a seat at the table? Well, one of the things that will increase your success of getting a seat at the table is truly being a Learner Matter expert and offering the right solution for the right action to change the right behavior. And that means that you have to know everything about all those shiny pennies out there. So you know how to tactfully say micro learning might not be the right solution here, but this would, or maybe a blend of micro learning and this. So, you know, showing up to the table and being able to express how these shiny pennies will move the needle in business strategy is is what is going to um, build their confidence in having you as, you know, a member of the of that table. So I thought it was a nice circle back into your previous statement. Hey, if I Crystal,
4: can hold on one second. I mean, Crystal, I know that you've been in this situation, but what 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 sort of um, advice do you have for? the director of training or the training manager who is pretty much last on the budgetary list and someone finally gives them a project and it's micro learning. And all they want to do is go, I got budget. Yes. Let's go do this. Right. Cause they, they if they say no, they might not get the money. <laughs> they might not get the project.
3: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Um, what would my advice be? Uh, we're probably going to do things sometimes that we don't want (laughs) to (laughs) do. I mean, that's the truth. We, we might have to do it and we might have to see that it fails, but those metrics become even more important then, because then you can demonstrate why, despite your best advice that was not heard, um, I can now quantify, why this wasn't the right solution and therefore opens up another opportunity for me to say to rescue, to save the day.
2: So Um, on that rescue note, let me chime in. I think building on what Cordell said and everyone here has has said, the key to having a uh, a seat at the table is to truly understand the strategic plan of the company so that you can make recommendations that will hit the ROI of the company. Back to what Cordell said, and I think this is really important: is training makes a difference. And if the company is looking to increase sales, can training help improve the average ticket? Can training improve closing rates? If the company is looking to be more efficient operating and taking cost out of the process, how does training do that? How do you build the tools, and then how and, and how do you measure them? And I'll, I'll give a little different spin on the on the micro learning. You know, I'm a big believer in micro learning for reinforcement and and a technique to use for people that are all, already know, and this is reinforcing and reminding people of learning, as opposed to they need to take you know a lot of competency development and, and instead of taking you know ten courses, now they're going to take hundred courses. Um, so if I was given that budget to do that thing, I would look to see how I could use it in the right way to help out Um, and say, okay, great, I got this micro learning budget. This is how I'm going to use it so that it it will be of the maximum benefit as opposed to trying to develop micro learning to accomplish something that's really not designed.
4: Hey, Evan, I got a question for you. So, um, you know, you've been CEO of organizations and what have you. So, you, you tell your director of training, hey, we need some micro-learning for performance support uh, because we need to reinforce at that moment of need what the learner has. But your training manager knows that that's actually not the right solution. What does that training manager need to say to you in order to get you to understand but then still give them the money to get the job done? Good question, Dan.
2: Well, I'm going to, you know, first off, for people that don't know, I, I ran a $5 billion business. and what probably people don't really understand about that business is that business was built around training and it was 20, a 20 year, a company that I was with, it was totally a $10 billion company. We grew from almost nothing to 10 billion in 20 years We had an average growth rate of 29%. And our training department was totally fundamental to our growth. And that we always looked at how we can improve business through training. And a lot of what we did was new product initiatives and things of that nature where the training department would come in in a very comprehensive way and look at every aspect of training, including the incentive parts and things of that nature in addition to the training. So I, I as a CEO of a company, would never go to the person running a training department and say, this is how I want you to spend your money.
4: All right, so suspend so disbelief, though, for a second. Okay, I'll spend and Now I'll spend, you're a I'll CEO, spend. all right, but you're not like the best CEO on the planet, okay, who just says, yes, I trust you completely. You're awesome, right? Let's just say you're maybe like a lot of other leadership team members out there who are focused on a lot of different things, and so maybe um, the right training solution isn't top of mind for them. They're worried about making Wall Street happy or making payroll. Um, now – what, what 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 is your director of training have to say to you? What do they need to bring up to you to they help you make bring an informed two, they,
2: business? They need decision. to bring me two proposals. One that utilizes the money exactly as I requested them to utilize it and show me what it will do. And then here is the same amount of money, and this is my recommendation on how to use it. And this is what this will do. So I need to be respected from the perspective of this is what you asked me to do. Here it is. And a our team has been thinking about it. Here's an alternative for you to consider. So I have not said to you, "I'm not listening to you, and I don't care about you." I've said, "I've said to you, here's what you want, and here's what I think you need, and you can decide which of these two paths that you think is the best is the best for the company." I, I think, think that's
1: fantastic. Advice. That's a great. That's a great real-world suggestion, Evan.
0: Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. So
1: let's do this, guys. I know that we can keep going on for another five, six, seven, ten hours on this, maybe. But Evan, you had a neat way to wrap this up, so let me throw it over to yeah, you. Yeah, I
2: just thought we'd end everyone with you know one training tip for the season, and my my training tip is to create budget for training as a percentage of revenue, and I I like as a general rule of thumb, and this is definitely does not apply to every business but to just use this theory of 1% of revenue for training and that to look at that 1% as how it will impact sales, how it will impact margin in terms of increasing margin or reducing costs, but to, to have a number and that number and have a budget for training because so many companies literally do not. They might have a training person or two, but they do not budget for training. So that's my big tip for the year. Thank you,
1: Evan. I like that. Um, So mine, uh, make training fun and interactive. You know, those are just two things that I just believe so passionately in. And, Dan, I'll go back to your who. When I do training, the who's that have a fun, interactive session seem to enjoy it, and they always seem to get something out of it. Now, it's not saying that it's not objective-driven and you're not trying to uh, drive real-world results. You still got to have the objective, what you're trying to get accomplished. But if you can make it fun, get people to laugh, it kind of breaks down silos. It makes – the environment much more conducive and interactive. I really do believe that people learn best. We can get them involved and actually do things that can be done in instructor lab, that can be done online, can be done a lot of different ways, but fun, interactive training I think is something we should all strive for. So that's my tip. Who wants to go next?
2: So I'll go ahead, Cordell. Um, my advice for the new year would be to not just train your learners, but to also solicit their feedback, keep them involved in the
1: process uh, to the point where they feel like they're actually uh, part of improvements that might be
4: made or a part of the overall training plan. Keep them engaged, do your evaluations, do your surveys and, and engage against that.
1: Very cool. Thank you, Lee. Dan, Crystal.
3: Thank you. Um, I feel like our, a lot of our advice has been very strategic, which I love and endorse. I'm going to speak specifically to um, the directors of training um, and their teams, their development teams. And, what my tip would be would be to dismantle the assembly line. Um, have, you know, learning matter experts who understand how to build a course from the very concept of, you know, what the metric is, all the way to evaluating that metric and everything in between from the design to the development. Don't separate these functions because what you may end up with when you have multiple people in that line is a different result than you intended. And that doesn't benefit the organizations that you serve. And most importantly, the learners that you serve.
1: Crystal, that made me think about investing in the team. I think people really need to have that as part of who they are and how they're going to invest in their team so if you're in a training role what are you doing to keep your skills sharp what classes are you going to what workshops are you attending so make sure that people uh, have a focused effort on investing in that team also is one of the other things I,
2: thought I about wanna, about. why don't we take this moment for crystal to share the saw meetings that we do and why we do them and how it helps because i think this relates to this whole conversation
3: sure i'd love to um So for our team, to Cordell's point is, um, you know, that old adage, the cobbler has no shoes, uh, where we as professionals often find ourselves as we are so busy trying to enrich the other's lives through training, for us specifically, uh, that we forget to train ourselves. Um, So taking one of Stephen Covey's principles on being effective, the saw, sharpening your saw is very important, taking time for yourself to hone your own skills and have fun doing it and building things helps you become more efficient and a better expert in the learning profession. So what we do is, uh, every quarter, we allot a certain amount of time for everyone on the team to build something that's not project related, that's something fun and gives them an opportunity to practice a new skill. And then once a quarter, we have a saw showcase in which everyone in the company is uh, invited to attend. And then we just show off what cool things we learned and what we did. And it could range from, you know, harnessing a skill you already have, but you want to take it to the next level or learning something completely new. And I find that it's just very motivating um, to step away from the work and you know, it's, it's inspirational to inject new skills into your daily work. And inspired work means inspired learning.
4: Thank you, Crystal. Dan? Those are fun meetings. Those are um, my favorite ones of the quarter because you get to see <coughs> just the, the, the designers and developers come up with the neatest things. Um, so this is a fair point. Um, and for me, I guess maybe my point is uh, along the lines of invest in the team. It is really easy uh, for organizations to think of the training function as a skill uh, or a profession that is just developed naturally. Uh, and quite frankly, most of the time there's um, – a lot of education and communication and and Cordell to your point, right? You just fell into the director of training probably because you were really good at explaining things. Right. Um, and, and the next thing, you know, uh, some folks are dove right into that role and, and they're managing thousands of people and they're doing what makes sense. And unfortunately, while, um, this isn't not necessarily an overly complex thing to do, it's really easy to get wrong. And typically, if you're doing what makes sense, you're probably not doing it the most effective way. You're certainly doing it A-way, but not the most effective way. So do invest in the team. And then when we start to look at, even you know down to the smallest element or the smallest rollout from an initiative up to big projects, go back to those three questions that I always like to ask. What are we trying to accomplish? How might we, not how could we or how should we, but how might we do that so that we can identify? We can ideate around that and, and really get um, a lot of good ideas and diversity of perspective. And then once we come to a couple of solutions, don't stop there. Go, what else? Right. And and have that cycle of conversation, which doesn't have to take long, half hour, an hour with the right people in the room uh, so that you can get some really good ideas out there. Toss out the ones that are that are those commonsensical ideas. Um, and then really focus on the ones that are going to make the most sense and leverage your training dollars for the highest amount of impact.
1: Love it. Thank you, Dan. First of all, thank you all. Crystal, Lee, Dan, Evan, thank you guys. Some great feedback. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you, our audience, for joining us for this episode of Training Unleashed. We certainly hope that you got some tips, some nuggets that you can take from this as you start to think about your organization for 2018. And from all of us at Total Training, we certainly want to take this time and wish you a happy new year. So take care all. Bye-bye.
0: This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed.